This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. All of a sudden, the defenses tend to go up. And rightfully so, because just quite frankly, there's been a lot of bad teaching about God and money. There's been a lot of manipulative teaching. There's been a lot of harsh presentations. So I want you to know right up front that my job as your pastor here is not to condemn you because we're free from condemnation through Christ Jesus. But I'm here to encourage you and to give you some tools. And I want you to see what God has to say about money. Because we know this, that the enemy desires to dominate your financial life. Because where our heart is, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so this is a huge issue. We know from modern statistics that the number one reason for the breakup of marriage and the number one stress in marriage is over financial issues. And God cares about your finances. That's why the Bible talks a lot about money. And it does so in a redeeming way and a good way. And so this morning I want to talk to you about the tithe and what that is. And it's a very basic term you can see there on the back of your bulletin. The tithe equals 10%. So it's a specific number. That's what the word tithe means. It means 10%. So, can, so now let's read Malachi 3, starting with verse 6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? In verse 8, here's a remarkable question. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, meaning the whole 10%, into the storehouse... That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. And then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Almighty. Did anyone in here get an allowance when they were growing up? Let me see your hands if you, if you got that. Now, I need a survey because you know, I don't hear a lot about allowances anymore. And I have three children, age 10, 8, and 7, and we have not started giving them an allowance. Do, do some of you who are parents, can I just have a, a quick survey? If you're a current parent and you give out allowance, can I see your hand real quick? This is just helping me. Okay, all right, my parenting skills must be way lower than I thought. I thought maybe that was an outdated practice, but uh, uh, please do not uh, have my kids listen to this online because we might be poor for this. But as a child, I received an allowance, and from really the earliest I can remember, my parents taught me that 10% of everything I received went to the Lord. So if I had a dollar, I'd give 10% to the, I'd give 10 cents to the church. As my allowance grew and became $5, I gave 50 cents to the church. And uh, I asked Deanna, our children's director, if, if our children take up an offering recently. And she said, we stopped, but we've started again. And I was glad to hear because I think 
think our kids need to learn to give. So in my life, because, because I was able to learn this, I've been able in my short life, because I, I still consider myself young, uh, I've been able to give thousands of dollars, or, or at least many hundreds of dollars, let's put it that way, to the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you that I have never regretted one dollar I gave to the Lord. You know, I've looked, I might have questioned churches that I've attended how they spent their money, but I never regretted giving my money to God and worshiping Him that way. And so, I come to you today because I love you and I want you to understand that God has a plan for your finances and it starts with the tithe. And it starts with giving 10%. And here's the first thing based off our text that I want you to write down. Number one is this. Is failure to tithe means we rob God. That's your first blanks. Failure to tithe means we rob God. You know, that, that's hard to write down. It was hard for me when I was getting this teaching together to send this off to our secretary and tell her to put it in the bulletin. Because I know for a lot of us that was going to be really hard to, to read, really hard to write down. And, and for the people Malachi was talking to, that was really difficult to, to say and to hear. You're robbing God. It was a, an attention-grabbing statement. But if I were to, as I have before, as I teach you often and point out things in the Bible that are a sin, you know, we don't get real emotional about them. When we, we realize, yeah, you know, some of us have bad attitudes. We talked about strife back in November and, and there's strife in our family and bad attitudes in our family. We're like, yeah, I agree with that. And, and some of us, you know, we, we sometimes say words we shouldn't and, and we, we would all agree with that and, and, Many of us are at one level or the other deal with lust and we understand that's a reality. We need to submit to the cross and submit to Jesus. And so, yeah, we understand that. But when you realize that in the issue of giving to God, that when you withhold your tithe, you're robbing God, that, that's really hard for us. And so our defenses come up. And so we begin to build emotional arguments of why, why that's an old-fashioned teaching or a manipulative, manipulative teaching or why... Um, it's not being, it's not correct. And I just want you to understand that anytime we realize that we're not, we're not fully measuring up to God's standard, it just points us back to the sinfulness in our hearts. And it leads us back to the cross. And the great thing about the cross, because of the cross, we're no longer under any curses. So I, I want you to understand this, that even if you've been negligent in your tithe, or you haven't fully given to God, or you've disobeyed him, or maybe you're just discovering today the ramifications of the tithe, and you're like, well, I haven't participated in that. You're not under a curse because Jesus redeemed us from the curse. But God is giving you an opportunity, and he's saying, listen, I have attached my blessing on a certain number. And in my sovereign will, in my sovereign design, I have chosen 10% and said, that's what I'm going to attach my blessing to. Because, see, we have a tendency to hoard our money. Not just to save. Saving's good. We're going to talk about saving money next Sunday. But we have a tendency to hoard our money because we're fearful. And we say we're going to hold on to all our money and we'll give to the church when we can. Or we'll give to God when it's a more convenient time. Or we'll give to God when it's better for us. 
And so that fear causes us to hold on to what belongs to God. And we, and we miss the whole principle. And the whole principle is this, is that every dollar we have belongs to God. Every bit of income we have belongs to God. And in his sovereign will, he said, I want you to manage 90% of it, but 10% belongs to me. 10% belongs to my, to, to, to my house and to where I'm at. And in, in my life, and me, me and my wife have been a tither, and we say this to God's glory, we give beyond the tithe now. But there's been times of financial difficulty, and there's been times of challenge in our marriage where if God had not said 10% belongs to me, I, I bet we would have been tempted to give far less than he wanted us to. Because that's just what our hearts do. Our hearts drift away from God's plan. And we get fearful and we get scared and we begin to trust our own skills and our own uh, wisdom and our own job and our own business as our provider. And we forget that God's our provider. But when we, when we obey God and we say, yes, God, all my money is yours, but 10% I've set aside for your kingdom and your purposes and to my local church. And I'm going to manage the 90%. All of a sudden we start spending our money differently. Because there's been some times as a tither, realizing that all my money is God's. There's been some time in my life when I've spent some my money on things that I thought, that, that's not pleasing to the Lord. I just supported something that's sinful. I just helped with my finances prop up something that promotes injustice. And it's changed my perspective. It's not about getting God off our backs and saying, God, I don't want to be cursed. Here's my money. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is this, is I want everything. I want your heart. I want your life. I want all your finances. I want all your finances. God says that not to take away, but because he wants to bless you and he wants to put you on a path that he has for you. Now, some might argue, and it's a good argument, well, the tithe is not a New Testament principle. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I want you to write down number two is this. Is that the tithe shouldn't limit our giving. The tithe shouldn't limit our giving. You can, let's turn to Luke chapter 11. And let me talk to you about the New Testament church. The first Christians were Jewish people. The early church. And so they would, they did not abandon their Jewish faith. Jesus completed the Jewish faith. Christianity didn't, is not opposed to Judaism. It completed it. So they would, they would uh, attend church, uh, go to the synagogue on the Sabbath on Saturday, and tithe, just as the law said. And then they met together on Sunday, as we now do, in the Lord's house, and they actually pooled their money together, and they made sure all the needs were met. So... Here's my first argument. It's not a sequential point on your notes, but, but is tithing's not a New Testament principle? Well, I would say to you, you're right that a New Testament, New Testament principle is we should give way beyond the tithe. We shouldn't be limited to that. We should be limited. We, we, we should give way beyond that because that's what the early church did. Now, in my life, and in most of us, especially um, the way our, our culture right now, we're so upside down in the way we handle our finances. At least that 10% is that safety net that keeps our heart connected to the Lord where it needs to be. Now, Jesus was correcting the Pharisees. And as he corrected them, he endorsed tithing for us today. 
And you can read with me in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. And he says this, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees. He's speaking against religious leaders. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. Now, here, here's the point that I want you to understand. He was speaking against religious leaders, and he said, listen, you guys, uh, you, you guys are great tithers, but, but your, heart, your heart's totally disconnected. So that's not a good thing. And I, and I want to say that we can tithe out of religious spirit and miss the whole purpose. So I want that to be clear. But now let's look at the secondary point here. It says, you should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things. So Jesus there endorses the tithe, and he says, yeah, tithing should be something you should continue to do. Well, the issue here is our heart, and I don't want us to get so much caught up in a percentage as I want us to get caught up in obedience, because our attitude shouldn't be, what is the bottom requirement? What is the minimal that I, sh- I can get away with? That That is not the heart God wants us to have. God wants us to have a heart to say, God, how can I become more of a giver? If I look over the next 20 years of my financial life, if I look over the next 30 years of my financial life, God, what steps can I take today so that I can be more of a blessing to other people and more of a blessing to the kingdom? Now, what is the purpose of the tithe? We're not going to get into this, uh, you know, and a long discourse on this. But I want you to notice something in verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3. Looking at that verse again, and it says, in, in verse 10, it says, that there may be food in my house. I want, I want us to think about that phrase. So, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. He's talking there about the temple, the tabernacle. And there were a certain tribe of people known as the Levites that had no inheritance in the land. They, they did not own land. And so they were called to take care of the temple. And, God, and, and here God said through Malachi, bring, bring the tithe into the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. What's he talking about there? He's talking about so the priest could have food to eat so that they would be taken care of. So when the people did not bring their tithe... Then the needs of the temple were not taken care of. And there wasn't enough food to feed the priest. Now, in the New Testament, this principle certainly translates. I want you to look with me at 1 Timothy uh, chapter, chapter 5, verse 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. In the New King James and the NIV version, it says here that elders are worthy of double honor. But the real translation of this, this is one of the few times a New Living Translation is actually more accurate. Uh, the, the real translation is they're worthy of double pay. Because the New Testament ministers received compensation for the work they did. It says, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. So the point here I'm trying to make is this, is that God has a plan for the tithe. And the plan for the tithe is so that there are not needs in the house of God. Here is a young church. There's a young church here. We still owe money on this property, on this building. We still have to pay the electric bills. 
We, we have for a church, we're averaging right now about 375, uh, 380 right in that range. So we have three full-time staff members, which is a, which is a small amount for that size of a church, or, or about right. So we have staff members to take care of. And all of those things are funded through the tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the house that there might be food in the house, that we might pay the bills, that we might take care of things. And before we get into a great theological discourse on what is the storehouse, let me me just remove, remove that for a second and just say this. Can I just say it in the most simplest terms? If God's called you, I know we have a lot of visitors today, but if God's called you to this church, and this is where you come, you tithe here because we're a family. And this family has needs. And God's designed your tithe to help meet those needs. You know, one of the things that I think are a little bit dangerous that we need to be cautious of is, is we lose the heart of the tithe when we begin to take ownership of the tithe. And we begin to say, well, here's my 10%, and I'm going to give 100 bucks a month to the church. I'm going to give $50 to the Red Cross. Um, I'm going to have some money to give to the Hendersonville Fire, Firemen's Association. Those are great organizations. My, my, but, but they're, in my opinion, from the scripture, your tithe doesn't belong with them. I'm going to give some extra money to my aunt who's sick. That's something that you should do. That's biblical. But that's not part of your tithe. Your tithe belongs in the storehouse. It belongs in the place. So that there are, so that the needs here are met. And it's, and it's this. It's, the issue is this, is that God said, I want you to manage 90% of your income. But I want you to give 10% to the storehouse, to where, to where you're called and where you're at. So these are things that God wants you to know about and he wants to show you that and there's something that is completely free of saying god you know i'm giving this gift to worship you it's not my responsibility god it's other people's responsibility how they manage it but my tithe this is where i'm called this is my family this is where you place me this is is in some ways my responsibility to participate in this and something great's going to happen now here's the incredible thing that makes malachi 3 uh, a unique, unique scripture over any scripture that I know of, and write this down, number three, is the tithe gives us permission to test God. This is a remarkable aspect of this, of this passage, really. You know, Jesus quoted an Old Testament scripture that he said, do not put the Lord God to test. But then this scripture in context, gives an exception. It's the only scripture I know of and the only scripture I've been able to find where God says, test me. He said, test me in this. Test me in the tithe. He gives you permission to test him on that. And to say, God, here it is. This is what I believe what your word says. I believe what the scripture says. I believe, God, that when I test you in this, that something powerful is going to happen in my life. Something powerful is going to happen in my finances. Now, we have lived over the last 30 years in in a very, uh, we're, we're living the consequences of some very poor decisions, both in our government and in our personal lives. Our government is trillions of dollars in debt, uh, in debt to a communist country, China, which I, I just find totally uh, uh, inappropriate, uh, and I'm sad to see that. And then us as individuals, we, we have uh, racked up a lot of consumer debt, and that's unsecured debt. And, and you remember back in the 90s, we were getting tons of 0% interest, the $7,000 credit line, just you know, send in your monthly payment up to 
to South Dakota or Vermont where those two companies were. And, and, and so we all got caught up. Many of us got caught up in that. And, and I will say that, that there is a price to pay for that. There is a price to pay. So this is not a get-rich-quick gimmick of, okay, start tithing today for the next two Sundays, and then uh, all your problems are going to be away. I'm talking about let's look at this from five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. We're going to talk about some other things next Sunday. But the starting at the foundation of financial health is obedience and obeying God and saying, listen, God, I am going to believe your word and I'm going to become a tither. And beyond that, I I want you to move my heart beyond that because I believe what your word says. And let's go back to to verse six, excuse me, verse eight again. It says, test me in this or verse 10. One of those, at least I was all, all even and not odds, but verse 10, he says, bring, well, where are we now? Verse 10, there we go. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. He's saying, test me in the tithe, says the Lord Almighty. Now watch this part. This is the part. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I believe that will happen for you. I believe that if you're faithful in the tithe, that will happen. Now, you can choose not to believe it. You can choose to say, that's not for me. Or you can choose to say, that is what the Bible says. Uh, this is not a gimmick. This is to your advantage. This is to your advantage. That you say, I am going to have the lifestyle of a tither. And I'm going to put faith with my tithing. Believing that, that God's going to do something supernatural in my finances. And that's what we need. We need a supernatural move of God on our finances. Yes, we need wisdom and discipline and skills to advance and all those things. But every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord anyway. And the ability to get wealth comes from the Lord anyway. And the Lord wants you to have the correct perspective on this. And you can test them. And I, I want to challenge you in that. Here in 2011, if you've never tithed before, or maybe you've been negligent in your tithe, or maybe you've taken ownership of your tithe, and you're tithing out of human wisdom, and you're owning your tithe and, and not truly giving it to the storehouse like God would call you to, I want to challenge you to test God in this. And you test God and begin to obey His ways and follow His ways. I want that for you because I know God's going to bless your life. It might take some time. I'm not giving empty promises. It's going to take some time maybe to dig out of that pit of of debt. And we can talk about the practical aspects of that. It might take you some time to, to get your savings account where you need it to be. But the worst thing you can do is just to give up. To give up completely. Even to have a, 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 uh, all or nothing kind of mindset and say, well, I tried that for three months and it didn't work. Forget it, God. No, you have to be faithful and obedient and believe what His Word says and believe that there is something supernatural. Not doubt that. Believe there's something supernatural that happens and He's actually given you permission to test Him. Here's the fourth thing I want you to write down. Here's a beautiful thing about the tithe and, and why the tithe's so important is that when we tithe, we discover that God is the giver. See, God's not the taker. He's the giver. See, God's not trying to take away from you. I want your money. No, he wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your attention. He wants your focus. He doesn't need your money. He's almighty. He's chosen to fund the church through your tithe, but he wants your heart. He wants all of you. God doesn't take away. God's a giver. 
I think about that in the realm of the sexual life, that God's not sitting here and, and trying to, when he says that sex should be between one man and one woman who are married for life, he's not trying to take away. He's trying to say, no, I'm going to focus you and give you a focus because that's my design. And if you live that way, it's going to be incredible. So it is with finances. He's not saying, I'm trying to take away your money and take away your options and take away your ability. He's saying, no, I'm putting you on my financial plan because on my financial plan, there is a blessing that's going to come and you're going to be a blessing to others. Let's look at verse 11 and 12 again and see what's going to happen as that comes, as, as the Lord gives to us, as we, as we tithe and he gives back to us. Malachi 3, 11 and 12. I'll read it with you. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. Talking about weeds there, says the Lord Almighty. Look at 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What an incredible promise from God that that is. That he said, test me in this. And so I present this to you today because as your pastor, I love you. And I want you, I want you to understand God's ways. And I want you to understand what he has for you. I want you to take those steps that he has for you. You know, a few months ago, or within the last two years, I met with a friend of mine who, a very close friend of mine, but we only get to meet maybe once or twice a year now. And, and we were down, I met him down in East Nashville. He lived down there. He's a cool East Nashville hipster kind of guy. And, um, and we were talking about the church and, and he had some really valid arguments about the corruption of the institutional church. He had some really valid arguments about the manipulation of pastors when it comes to finances. And then of other things, we weren't necessarily talking about finances. We were talking about the church and, and he was drawn towards a house church model and a more simplistic thing and not, not the old, the, the whole structure and all of these things. I'm just listening to him and, and I felt the Holy Spirit impress me to say something to him. I felt the Holy Spirit impress me to ask him about his tithing. So as God's man of power and faith, I ignored that voice. He kept eating my lunch. I was like, this can't be the Lord. This is so inappropriate. I mean, this, this, guy, this, this guy is anti-established church. And surely he would think tithing was old-fashioned and tithing was, was old school and tithing was this. And then, again, I felt the Lord say, ask him about tithing. So at the proper time in that same conversation, I just said, listen, I don't know if this is from the Lord, but I felt like I need to ask you something. The Lord wanted me to just ask you about your tithing. When I said that, he, he literally dropped his fork. And he was a church attender and he said, Aaron, just last week, he said, I was leaving for church. I was backing out the car of the driveway and I realized that I didn't have my checkbook with me. He said, I was kind of happy. He says, because on the weeks I'm in church, I tithe. And the weeks I'm not in church, I don't tithe. I don't really worry about it. He said, and all the way to church, I felt convicted. And all the way home, I felt convicted. And this is confirming that the Lord's speaking to me about my tithe again. So I say that, I tell you that story for this reason. The tithe is not about Aaron's opinions. And the tithe is not about a step you need to take to become a member of a church. And the tithe is not about trying to avoid some kind of curse that's going to come on your life. Because that would be manipulative if I told you that. The tithe is about your relationship with God. 
It's about your personal obedience to him. The tithe is not about how the church handles the money, even though we certainly have a responsibility to handle it well. I'm not, I'm not abdicating that at all. But it's about your obedience to the Lord. It's about a love relationship with him. And that's what I want this morning to be about. I know some of you are visiting with us. You're not even members of this church. But can I tell you that the Lord wants to speak to you today. And he wants you to think about that today. I want you to watch with me this video as we reflect on this. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.